Oh, hello. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Megavision Show. Today is November the 12th. November the 12th. Wow. 2021. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Enjoying me this week. He's got a fast car. I've got a ticket to anywhere. Maybe we can make a deal. Maybe together we can get somewhere. It's Chris Powell. Hey, yo, Chris, buddy. Yes. Uh, it's been a hot minute. Uh, we've been off for a, a week or two, haven't we? It's um, been a couple of weeks, but mm. I, I've been, we've been really busy. It, there's a lot, lots of stuff that's been going around in, yes. in the Megavisions world. Oh, past. yeah. And we'll get into that in a very quick second. But as always, we've got a great show for you. Uh, we'll be kicking off in a few minutes with a bit of a casual gameplay in our chill sesh. Um, and we've got some hot and spicy news for you. We'll be chatting more about that new Paprium Kickstarter campaign. Um, Limited, Limited Run Games is releasing a physical version of Valis and Sega files to trademark a new Sonic game. Ooh. Uh, but before we get started, have we got a mag update? We have a magazine. Uh, we do have a, a, a quick magazine update. Uh, I just want to let everyone know uh, that all the shipments have gone out to our U.S.-based uh, patron. Uh, patron. I always get that mixed up. I always call them patrons. Yeah. Patrons. <laughs> we have a Patreon who with patrons. So they uh, all for everyone in the United States. They have all uh, gone out uh, over the next two days. We're going to finish up uh, our folks in Canada and the rest of the international. Uh, um, patrons and I think it's there's not that many of them I think it's about 30 or 40 more issues that need to go out and then everything on Patreon will be completed uh, and we'll we're, then turn our full attention uh, to issue 2 uh, which will have some, some really fun updates uh, here soon uh, I also need to say uh, a quick hello to the chat we got Anti-Chris here hey. and he's He's uh he said no the beard. I don't know who he's referring to. Um because Graham, you are actually you're I know you're growing something out for November. Yeah, I was, I was gonna get onto that in a little bit after our t- chill session when we get into intro, but yes, okay. the beard All is right. gone. So we'll go we'll talk about that later. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I should have worn a mask. Wait. What am I doing? I should have worn a mask and then revealed it. Well, too late now. Ah, too late. Too late. But oh. um let me finish this. I'm sorry. Um but if you want to get issue one, it's for sale right now, and you don't even have to go on Patreon to do it. You can go to our website at megavisions.net slash shop. When you go there, you'll see a pretty little image of issue one. You click that, and you can buy it and get it shipped to you anywhere in the world. Uh, and if you want to join the Patreon, which you should because it's awesome, go to patreon.com slash megavisions where you can join. And basically the way it works is we don't charge you every month like a lot of other um, Patreons out there. Ours is by creation. So what that means is you join up and you don't even have to pay anything up front. You wait until an issue is basically ready to go uh, ship to the printers and that's when uh, your account will be charged. And we print every quarter. So it's about every three to four months and that's it. And it just issues will ship straight to your door. So very simple, as straightforward as possible. Uh, we hope everyone enjoys issue one. Boom! Patreon.com/slash Megavisions. There we go. So, yeah, we are going to kick off the show. So, Chris, buddy, uh, what have you been up to? What's been going on? What's uh, what's the diddling? What's the what happenstance? Oh, the, <laughs> what's the good word? Uh, so, this past weekend, uh, we were at Retro World Expo uh, over in Hartford, Connecticut. I have a... Oh, it's sweet. Look at that. A uh, video going on here. It's, uh, yeah, it's- this is the first time uh, that we went there. Uh, I would like to. Can we show the uh, the the YouTube channel that we're we're watching real quick? Oh, just to give it a, give a nod uh, to them. It's yeah, um, just just a nod. So, do oh my god, Dubes in Hower? 
Dubes in hell. Is that his name? Is that his name? Good to me. At least we, <laughs> so this is his video, but we wanted just to do a quick uh, discussion of this. So this is the first time I've ever been to uh, Retro World Expo. Uh, we had a booth there and we had a lot of fun. Uh, we met a lot of a uh, lot of new people. Uh, we got some of our first fan art there, which is really cool. Uh, one of the uh, guys who's been in our Discord for a while said they were going to be coming, uh, which is really cool. They uh, bought a new issue uh, and then also brought us this really cool. Uh, it was Streets of Rage. I wish I had it in here. It's in the office. Um, and I was trying to find a picture of it before we started, but I couldn't find it on our Twitter. Uh, but it's awesome. He had he gave me two different prints that had uh, different color variations, but it had all three of the original Streets of Rage um, peeps on there, which is really cool. And they were playing Pole Caliber, which is awesome. Uh, it was really funny. So that was neat. Um, but it was also cool because this one, I felt like I got out of my area in Jersey and like Philly area because those conventions, I see the same stuff it's the same vendors so I, and, and it seems like a lot of their uh inventory is stays the same year to year and i even i i noticed that and i commented about that at too many games it's like it's still the same stuff but this the, at retro world they had a lot of variety uh there was stuff of all over there was like turbo graphics games a lot of that uh there was a lot of cool uh, artists that were there that had some really neat art. I met some people that we might be able to even work with uh, in the magazine going forward. So that would very be cool. um, very exciting. So aside from that, uh, oh, uh, Christopher, my son, he went with me. And so that was actually pretty exciting because this is the first time any of my children have helped me run a booth at a convention. <laughs> and he was there um, with me. And he was great. Uh, he hung out with me uh, a lot. But then he found that there was one table in the because uh, what we're showing right now is uh, the uh, the area like the console area, uh, which is also kind of close to where they had the arcade um, set up, which the arcade setup wasn't very big. They had like two or three rows of arcades uh, and some pinball machines, uh, but their console setup was very, very well done. They had it all set up in like um like the first row was all like Nintendo stuff and they had, or Sega stuff. Then it was Nintendo uh, consoles. And then I think the last two or three were just kind of everything. Um, and they had a good representation. They had uh, for the Sega. I mean, it was, they started with like the master system. Then you, you know, had Genesis, Dreamcast, Saturn, Sega CD, all that stuff. And they had a lot of games available. Uh, well, like I was saying, Chris uh, found over on the other side that they had, uh, a Rocket League setup playing, and so oh. he once he found that he just played Rocket League <laughs> like almost all day. It was pretty funny, um, but it was neat. Uh, it, I was happy that he was able to find something there that he was like really into because I just didn't want him to be kind of bored. And um, because as much as I want him to enjoy like retro gaming and retro stuff, it's just a lot of the stuff just they don't really kind of connect with. You know, it's not stuff that mm. they grew up with, and yeah. so I get that. You know, I, I don't I don't try to. I try not to like push that on them as much as I you know can help it. You know, I, I run a retro magazine and everything else, so they get enough of it as it is. Um, but what I instead I try to play some of those games with them, the games that they do like, um, like the Fortnite and uh, Apex. But I find that I'm terrible at these games. They're so they're so uh, they're so much more have a lot more technical requirements. Um, that I just don't have the time to devote to. So that's why I like these retro games and stuff. I, I still, still kind of tend to play those. But um, the one thing I was trying to find uh, throughout uh, the time that I did get to go out and look at the vendor space was, was some more Dreamcast uh, fishing rods. Unfortunately, none, no one had any there because I was trying to get some for pole caliber um, tournaments and stuff like that for future conventions. There were no pole caliber uh, fishing controllers available, unfortunately. That was a bummer. Oh, man. They had the one thing that I'm starting to see, which is starting to become a good thing. And I think it's cool um, because, okay, they had uh, a wrestling, like uh, not cosplay wrestling this time. They had like actual legit wrestlers um, yes. that were coming in there and, and wrestling, which is really cool. At Too Many Games, they had a cosplay wrestling, which I think they also, so a lot of those wrestlers, were, were independent wrestlers and, and, and student wrestlers. 
Um, but this was actually a, a different organization that brought in and actually had regular wrestlers in their gear and not trying to dress up as like, you know, Pikachu and Sonic or whatever and try to play out like a Super Smash Brothers thing in a ring. This is like legit wrestling. And I thought that was awesome because I do believe that if you have like a Venn diagram, I think wrestling and video gaming inter- intersect a lot um, as, as well as like horror stuff. I think it intersects a lot. Um, with what we do. Uh, so that was cool to see wrestling represented there. And there was actually s- some other booths that were just dedicated to horror stuff there too. They had a lot of cool stuff. I wish I could have um, bought some of their um, stuff, but there was just, man, I was, I was excited to be there. It was a new convention I've never been to. Uh, and there was a lot of new people there that we met. And I, I definitely want to go again next year uh, for sure. hundred percent. We'll be back at retro world. It was a lot of fun. I'm, and I, I like the area too, Hartford. Um, Chris and I got some good uh, diner food there for breakfast. So there's some good spots. So check it out. Nice. Cool. And that's basically the end of the video as well. It's a good timing there. Oh, uh, there you go. Yeah, cool. Unfortunately, Megavisions wasn't featured in that video, but yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to see. Um, I was I was terrible about taking photos. I, I took a few photos and I uploaded them. I sent them to Morrison and I posted them. And then after that, I didn't take any more photos. I I was I realized like, man, I was I wish I would have just walked around and and took more photos. Um, and we do have some booth photos out there on on our own Instagram or Twitter. I just couldn't find them before. So um, that's yeah, man. That that was uh, that was Retro World. I don't think we have any any more conventions that we're going to be going to for this year. Uh, I have to look at our calendar again. I know MAGFest is coming up in January, and uh, I do plan on going to MAGFest. I think I might just go for a day and and that be it, though. I don't think I'm going to stay for the entire weekend. Uh, but the one I am getting more excited for is PAX East. And Graham, I think you should come back out to PAX East. Oh, I want to. Definitely. Yeah. You should. I think this this should be the, the next year in 2022 should be the year you, you come. Yeah. I think it's like a 10-year reunion almost from the last time you came. <laughs> probably is, actually. It's probably been about 10 years, hasn't it? Wow. Yeah, and I think I think the uh, the borders just opened up, and so we can welcome you back in. Woohoo! Yeah. We should Woo-hoo. do it. Fantastic. Awesome. Um, so what else, uh, other than, uh, you know, conventions and stuff, what, what else has been going on in the world of the POWs? Yeah, real quick, I want to say we started a movie. We haven't finished it yet, but I'm really digging it so far. It's okay. called Finch. It just it came out, I think, uh, about a week ago. It just came out uh, starring Tom Hanks. Uh, and it's getting decent reviews. It, got, it has a 74% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes right now. Uh, and I'll basically read you the gist. It's 10 years have passed since a solar flare destroyed the ozone layer. Increasing temperatures to 150 degrees Fahrenheit. That's not Celsius, Graham. Fahrenheit is what does that much mean? hotter. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that's not. I bet that's colder. Than... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. It says, uh, in turning the planet into a largely uninhabitable wasteland, scorched by ultraviolet radiation and subject to extreme weather events. One of the few survivors... Finch Weinberg, who's a robotics engineer, he lives with his dog named Goodyear, and he has this like little helper robot um, named Dewey, and uh, they live underneath this laboratory in uh, St. Louis, and he basically just goes out uh, throughout the day and gets supplies, and he's living there, um, but he comes to find out that he's, he's like dying from some illness, and so he has to create this new robot, uh, android-type uh character uh to take care of the dog like once he's gone because Aww. the dog like means everything him and the the android that he creates i don't i won't say too much but he is awesome he's very very cool and it just becomes this like really kind of heartwarming story um and tom hanks is the center of it and i don't even know if there's any other actors in this movie other than tom hanks right now uh, i think we got about halfway through it and uh, it's just been him and his dog and this robot. And I think the dog might be CGI too. I don't know really? if, if in That's a lot of the scenes, if it's even a real dog. I, I can't tell. 
I can't wow. tell if the CGI is just getting so good now, you don't even know. Um, but it probably would be a lot easier to just to have a CGI dog than have I to- mean, from that trailer, this dog didn't look CGI to me, but um Although there was a Tom, uh, not Tom, sorry, Tom Hanks is this guy. Um, there was a Harrison Ford movie that came out either earlier this year or last year, which had a CGI dog in. And the CGI on that dog looked terrible. Like, I mean, for CGI, it was good, but you could tell. It was oh, CGI I dog. remember that. It was, um, yeah, it was I, cool. I, think I think it was, um, it was a remake. Is it, was it, is yeah. it Jack London book or? I don't know. Is it like something wild or into? But it, it looked awful. Yeah. Oh, I think Chris is frozen. Something like that. Call of the Wild or Call of the Wild. That was it. Call of the Wild. Yes. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I didn't actually watch the movie. Call of the Wild. It's the same dog food my dogs use. (laughs) Really? I think the. uh, Jamie and Odin said that they watched it and they said it was actually pretty good. Oh, okay. Um, Fair enough. But they have terrible taste in movies, so... they I mean, The movie might be amazing. I, oh man, the CGI thing, looked terrible. I want to tell you... <laughs> I, I'm... It did, and it was. Uh, it, it was terrible. But I speaking of CGI and dogs, uh, I, I'm all excited because this weekend... I'm trying to go see Rocky Four, Rocky versus Drago. It's the new, it's like the 30th anniversary or something of, of Rocky Four. And and Sylvester Stallone has released a new cut, which is it, it has all this new footage and stuff. And I'm all excited about it. I want to go see it. And Rocky Four is mine and Odin's favorite Rocky movie. Uh, even though it's not the best. It's just it's it's a fun one for us to see. Uh but he also wants to see Clifford the Big Red Dog, <laughs> and I'm trying. I'm trying to convince him not to go see Clifford. <laughs> to go see Rocky. But this morning, I already talked to him about. It. I'm like, hey, let's go see Rocky Four. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Jamie's like, oh, I thought you wanted to go see Clifford. He's like, oh yeah, I do want to go see that. She did it just to mess with me, knowing oh. full well that he would want to go see Clifford. <laughs> um, and so I don't know. I don't know. I'm. If, if we have to go see Clifford, I'm going to make her go see it with us. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, anyway, sorry about that. And, and so that's all I've been doing. That. <laughs> what about you, man? Uh, what have I been talk up to? Talk to me. Um, oh God, hold on. I was just trying to bring something up on my screen, and now it's gone. Uh, it's not working. It's not working properly. Damn it. Um, so yeah. Um, uh, as anti Chris mentioned in the chat earlier. Uh, my beard has gone. What a twist. Um, so actually, yeah, I, basically what's happening is I am doing Movember. And if you haven't seen the show or haven't seen it in a while, this is what I looked like like a week ago, basically. Um, that is my beard as it was. And now, as you can see, this is what I look like now. Hi. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And if you don't know what Movember is, basically, it's a it's a charity. um who they um it's a it's basically a a men's health charity so originally it started off um raising money for testicular cancer but they do other things now they raise money for mental health causes um and some other other things out there um but the whole idea is that uh, on november the first you shave off any facial hair that you have and then you grow a mustache or a mo as they call it so you 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 can't, can't join um, and it can't be connected to your hair. I don't have hair on my head, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, so I'm trying to do a kind of, um, I guess, a horseshoe cowboy kind of mo. But at the moment, the the bits down here aren't really growing very thick, uh, not compared to the top bit. So my mo is not, it's not quite as I wanted it, which is a bit annoying. But uh, yeah, it's it may just I may have to trim those bits off and just have like a. Um, a Jamie from Mythbusters I, I kind of going on. Try to, yeah, my I, I will not try to to grow out my facial hair anymore. This is just literally. I meant to shave this today, it, but it's just been I've been lazy. So this is not <laughs> me trying to do anything. This is me being lazy. It looks uh, good because my facial hair is terrible. Uh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> but for a while, you did grow, grow a mustache. It looks very bad. 
Yeah, because Jamie was trying to – she was like, just for once, grow it out. And I was like, fine, it's going to look terrible. And it did. It looks horrible. <laughs> and the problem is, is that all of my – all like at the time, I had to get all of my IDs renewed. And so like my driver's license, my retired ID, everything has this terrible mustache in it. Oh, wow. So, okay. Well, good um, for you, Graham. Raising some money. Thank you. Yeah. Um, about halfway through my target. I've set a target of 200 pounds, about halfway through. So – if people do want to donate, that'd be really appreciated. Just go to Movember and look for me, Graham Cookson. You know, you'll find me on there. Um, but yeah, um, there was, annoyingly, on the app, it's got loads of cool pictures. I've like basically done a daily photo update on the app. But for some reason, it's not showing on the website page, which is really weird and annoying. So I don't know why it's doing it that way. That's irritating because I thought they would be surely tied in, the app and the, the website. But it looks like it's not. So, uh, yeah. Um, hmm. Oh, wait. Oh, hold a second. Uh, no, it hasn't got it there. <laughs> I, I just found something on the page and it's not there. You can see a kind of a, a little gif of me where I shaved it. Here we go. There you go. That was it, basically. Quick little gif. Oh, my goodness. When I, did, when I shaved it all off. It took freaking ages to shave it as well. And I had like an electric razor and it was like... <clears throat> and I was like, after every like two seconds, I had to like take off the the protective bit of the razor and get rid of all the hair because it was clogging it up and like click it back in <laughs> and uh yeah it just got really like kind of scruffy and i got the the gillette you know mac 3 out and um yeah and it's kind of painful I, as well yeah, like, how long did you say it took you to grow all that out oh, it took it took a few months it's like that's a good few months worth of growth there you know it's it's kind of a lockdown beard, basically. It just started growing. Like, earlier this year, I was just sort of like, ah, come on, I can't be bothered to shave. Just let it grow. I got to a certain length, and I was like, I'm going to keep it growing. I haven't been this long for a while. So, yeah. <laughs> and, so, uh, what, is, uh, what is, is Kate happy with uh, the clean-shaven Graham? No. More? <laughs> no. Well, she doesn't like it. She prefers the beard, uh, as it were. So, yeah, she misses the beard, and she says it, it's itchy, because... Uh, I like shave it off and it'll be smooth for like a few hours. And then you do get a little bit of, you know, stubbly growth during the day. Uh, like this was shaved this morning and I'm kind of got, get some growth already. So yeah, there we go. <laughs> maybe maybe it's, it's, it's going to be unstoppable now. It doesn't want to be contained. Maybe. It's going to keep growing. Yeah, just going to. Regardless. Yeah. I wish my head did that. It. If my head had done that, I'd have been happier, you know, but that was the opposite. That was like, ah, give up. <laughs> I give up. You cut me too many times. Just cut the skin off your face and replace it. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the next step. I don't know um, if we can help you with that, Graham. No, I don't think we can. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, it's it's. I've sacrificed my beard in aid of charity. So there we go. But a couple of other things, um, and I'm going to go for these quite quickly. I haven't actually lined up any videos for these because the last few weeks that I've tried to show trailers for movies which are available freely everywhere on YouTube and loads of channels and podcasts have been talking about them. We get flagged. Um, so it's a pain in the ass trying to like get rid of all these flags and stuff off our account. So this week I'm not going to do it, but I've seen two movies. I saw two movies in one day last week. So I went and saw... What? I know, what a twist. Um, I took half a day off and me and my friend, we went to see them because we've been wanting to see some movies and we it's been weeks and we're like, right, let's just watch two in one. So... I went to see the new Dune movie, um, you know, the updated version of the old Dune movie based on the book um, by someone I've literally just forgotten his name. So apologies, uh, Hubert, something Hubert or something. I can't remember his name. Do you know? No, never mind. <laughs> uh, the, who? The guy who wrote Dune. Am I, am I, am I? Uh, Frank Herbert, Frank Herbert. That's who it is. The guy who originally wrote Dune. Or Dune. Ah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, so have you seen this yet, Chris? I did see it. Oh, you did? Okay. So I'll ask your opinion in a second, but my experience with this movie is the movie started. Um, I was sitting there. I was like in a nice, comfy, you know, cinema seat. Um, had, <laughs> uh, had some drinks, had some snacks. I was sitting there. And it was not too warm, but slightly on the warmer side. Comfortable, you know. Um, and um, and the music in this movie is very sort of powerful and melodic. And like sort of it's got quite a deep bass mm -hmm. to it and stuff. 
and the the especially at the start of the movie the the cadence of the voices as people are speaking sort of like really hit me to the point that i was like oh i'm a i'm kind of uh comfortable and uh i just basically nodded off in my seat <laughs> fell asleep watching it and i missed it was one of those weird sensations that um i was kind of watching it and i was thinking about it and it went into my dream so i could hear everything that was happening in the movie but what was happening in my dream was not what was happening on screen and i kept sort of waking up and go oh and what was happening on screen was completely different to what I was imagining. I was like, oh. But it just kept happening to the point that I, I think I fell asleep for a good 10 minutes at one point. And my friend was like, are, are you asleep? And I was like, oh, oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. And then I stayed awake after that. And I just sort of sit, sit, sit up a bit better and drank some water that I had with me. And um, I watched the rest of the movie. I really enjoyed the movie. Just that whole bit at the start was just like, whoa. Like, put me in a trance, basically. I was like, wow, man. Like, this is... This is good. Um, good nap. Um, but uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, it's, I think if you... After sleeping through like... Yeah, after sleeping through like 20 minutes of it. Um, great movie. But there's plenty more movie after that 20 minutes, so it doesn't matter. Um, you don't miss much at the start. Um, but yeah, I think if you uh, don't know the story or haven't seen the original movie, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how good it would be for people who never don't know about the story of the movie, the original movie or the book or anything. But for me, when it came to the end of the end of the movie, it's obvious because obviously it's a two-parter. Um, it's kind of there's no end. There's no real ending, if that makes sense. So I think some people might be disappointed with that I liked it. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Although I will say one thing: sometimes the music in certain scenes was so overwhelming you couldn't actually hear what people were saying. And my friend said the same thing. When we walked out, they're like, there's a few scenes I just couldn't hear what they were saying. Uh, did you have that problem at all? So you did see it in the theater, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So in the theater. Yeah. Was it like an IMAX or anything? It wasn't IMAX. It was just a pretty much a standard big screen, comfy seats, not 3D, you know. Yeah, so we saw we saw it wasn't IMAX, but it was called RPX. It was, it's like uh, whatever Regal's uh, version of that is, but it was really awesome. And the way it it, like the seats like reverberate and crab with this. And so when you get a movie like that, this movie is perfect for that. Hans Zimmer did the soundtrack to the newest Blade Runner uh, film a few years ago. Oh yeah. And I thought that uh, they were very similar, but with what you were talking about with like the loud, like ambiotic or like the, the, the sounds could be very loud. And I do, there were so, certain times where I, it was hard tr- hearing the audio, but it was almost like uh they were speaking too quietly. It wasn't the music. It was just like they were talking so yeah. low. It was like almost in whisper. And so we watched it back uh, on TV because it's also on HBO Max. It's okay. available there as well. And we watched it with subtitles and it was much better. <laughs> I will say, though, that and I said this after the movie, I was so happy I saw this in the theater because I really enjoyed it. But this isn't the kind of movie it's slow. It takes its time to build. And there's yeah. some, sometimes there's not a lot of action, a lot of dialogue and stuff. I, I thought the film was, was amazing. Uh, but I know that if I watched this at home, that I'd be looking at my phone. Yes. I would be on my phone and I wouldn't pay attention. And I would be like, I'd get lost. And it wouldn't have had the impact that I think it did at, at the theater. And so I'm glad I saw it there. I would suggest for this movie, this movie is made to be seen in the theater. Yep. And if you watch it at home, you're not going to get the same impact uh, that you, you did in the theater. And and I think that, that if you saw it there at home and it wasn't all that, I could understand. Uh, because I probably would have been maybe a little bored uh, and, and not as maybe um, impressed with it overall. But seeing it in theater on a big screen with every you know the sound everything was i thought was awesome it was a cool experience who did you take though who, who was it you took i took uh all we took the whole kid the whole family with us so the whole kids <laughs> uh the twins and odin uh came with us uh i think i don't know if elliot came but anyway the reason why i think it was cool is the twins are 14 odin is nine and they all loved the film Odin really loved it, and Isabel liked it because she has a huge crush on that boy, and so oh, <laughs> she's all about Timothy that. But Ch- she, Chamele, whoever, whatever his name was, I guess. But no, I thought he was he was good. I, I thought the casting and the acting uh, was was actually 
pretty decent. Uh, Jason Momoa's character, I know a lot of people have been clowning on him uh, since the movie came out, but he has a he has a weird role. And in fact, it was uh, uh, Patrick Stewart who played that same role in the um, the original Dune movie. What's it? Um, oh. So, mm-hmm. well, that's cool. I, I, I thought Jason Momoa's character was. was fine. Like he was for his characters, for the character that he was. I thought he did a good job. Why are people? What's going on? What? What? <laughs> I can't remember it. The the exact details why they were doing it, but I think they're just making fun of his character, not necessarily Jason Momoa so much. Oh, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Cool. But yeah, I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was good. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a good movie. And and I did see another movie. So I saw the other movie I saw. So I went to see June, went away, had some dinner, and then we went to see a late night showing of Venom 2, um, which I'm just going to go and say I really, really enjoyed. I thought it was a lot of fun. I've seen the original Venom. Um, the original Venom, when that came out, it got really bad critics reviews and like it really put me off what wanting to see it. Um, and then I saw it on like Netflix or whatever. It, it came onto one of the streaming services over here. And I was like, that was really fun. Like, why didn't I see that? You know? Um, and yeah. So when I saw the trailer for this, I was like, I'm definitely going to go and see this. And yeah, I loved it. Um, I thought, yeah, it's, it's really good. It's um, so if you don't know uh, this one, it's called, um, maximum carnage um so it's it's got basically the character carnage in it who is like an offspring of venoms um from so i don't really know the comic books directly but i remember the old 90s spider-man cartoon which featured the venom saga in it and mm-hmm. carnage was in that um so yeah i think this you know it's not quite exactly the same as the car the cartoon or the comic books but um it's really cool um the thing about it is um I think for these superhero movies, it's it just it kind of takes the piss out of the superhero genre in a way. Like even though it's sort of part of them, because it's he's not really a superhero. Um, he is effectively kind of like an alien. Basically, if you don't know, Venom is a symbiotic alien who takes inhabits um, this uh, reporter's body, basically, and he um, he basically like needs to eat brains and stuff to stay alive. There's something in there's something something in brains and also in chocolate that he can eat that keeps him alive. Um, so he doesn't have to be human brains, but, you know, he always wants to eat human brains. <laughs> um, and so he's kind of like evil and wants to destroy things and mess you up. But, like, the guy who's inhabiting is, like, a normal dude is like, no, we can't do that. But it's like, he like, talks in his head and stuff and it just, it makes a lot of the conversations really funny. Um, but everyone, everyone in the cinema was laughing at this. In fact, like some people in the back row were pissing themselves about most of the movie. Um, but I think they went a bit too far with their laughter, but at the same time, I think everyone had fun. Um, so yeah, I'm, you know, and I think I get the feeling that Venom's going to be in more stuff, like maybe another, there could be another Venom sequel movie or might appear in some of the other movies just based on some of the stuff that happens in this movie. Um, so yeah, don't really want to, yeah, I won't ruin it or anything, but I really enjoyed it. And Woody Harrelson is, he's just gold anyway, you know. Um, he's Tom good, he's good in everything he does. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Hardy's great. Woody Harrelson's great. Um, there are a few other actors I recognize, but I don't really know their names. So, um, but yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, wait. No. Do you know what? I just got the name of the movie wrong. It's not. It's not Maximum Carnage. That's the name of the video game. It's Let There Be Carnage. Sorry. So Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. Sorry. Apologies. I should, uh, yeah. But yeah, so if you, if you haven't seen this, I'd just say go check it out. It's just fun. It's silly. It's fun. Um, some good action scenes. Uh, yeah. But it's quite short as well. It's like not too long. But I, I could have had more of this movie, basically. I feel like I feel like they could have extended some of the, the plot points and stuff, and I could have had more of this movie. But as it was, it's fine. It's good. Yeah. Exciting stuff. So, yeah, Chris, have you, have you seen any of the Venom movies? Have you seen the first or this one? So, I saw bits of the first one. I, I liked it fine. I, I wanted to actually go back and watch and finish it uh, and, and see it from beginning to end. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, Jamie and the kids went and saw Venom 2, and they all said that it was actually really good. So Yeah. Whenever it's it is I don't know if it's on Disney like streaming right now, but whenever I can watch it for free on Disney, I'll do that. So but I'm not paying for it. Will this I don't know if 
does Sony own? Because Sony owns Spider Man still, technically. That's what it is. It's so yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, is Sony, so- my bad. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I, I think so. Um, which they're they're smart. If they can't have Spider Man, take all the other cool shit from the <laughs> Spider Man universe. Um, no, so this is I. I'll, I'll watch it whenever I can see it on on regular. Yeah, I think that does it for um, you know. Our, our week this week really and um, there's nothing really else from my side is there anything else from your side uh no i think that's it yeah okay cool well with that let's uh move into our you know feature chat which is basically the news of the week cool yes so yeah this week we are do you want to kick off the first one actually chris Sure. This isn't, uh, so yeah, I, I think we should take a look at, uh, Paprium because there's a lot of stuff that's been happening with Paprium's Kickstarter, uh, projects, which we talked about in the last episode. Uh, but, uh, beyond that, there is a cool story, uh, related to, uh, Luis Martins, who has done some art for us in Megavisions over the years, but he's also one of the principal artists um, who's worked on Paprium. So he's the the one of the artists, and he's created this uh, eBay auction for several really cool Paprium-related uh, pieces of video game hardware, art, all sorts of stuff. One of the cool things he's got is this original Game Boy that's all done up in Paprium. It's like pink, the Paprium colors. It has one of the, the main characters. Uh, it looks badass. He's auctioning this and a bunch of other really great things basically raise money to send his son to a soccer uh, uh, like skills uh, league or, or, or uh, program. Um, and I, I think it's, it's really cool that he's doing this. Um, he's looking to get his kid on the, uh, I guess the some sort of Canadian soccer team. His son's 11 years old. All of this money is going uh, to that. And so as of right now, uh, they have about eight hours left, and the bidding is at 750 Canadian. Uh, so I don't know how much that money, uh, what that accounts for in U.S. dollars, but good for him. Hopefully, you know, hopefully they they get it over a thousand and they, they raise enough money because uh, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, let's just quickly check how much is 750 in U.S. dollars. It and oh- is. That is five hundred ninety-seven point seven one US dollars. Oh, Graham, you get uh, the Mega Drive Paprium in here too. So why don't you yeah. just go ahead and bid? I mean, well, th- so you that- can get your your Paprium right here. Yeah, and that is only four hundred forty-five point five three British pounds sterling. So yeah, maybe I. <laughs> yeah, so it's, you're basically buying it for free. Yeah, so you're not even good. spending that's, very much. That's just that's just spare change these days surely uh, <laughs> uh sadly it's not that's cool that's good because this is this is not just a normal game boy it's got the lcd screen and it's got um audio modern stuff so it's like a souped up game boy which is pretty cool you know um is it the game boy color is it just oh i think it's just a normal game boy actually isn't it mm-hmm. uh, yeah okay fair enough was there any, was there anything you wanted to talk more on caprium yeah, it'd be fun if we could go, uh, if my internet will hold up so we could talk about it some more. Um, I'd like to go to the Kickstarter. Yeah, okay. It's, we could it's, talk oh, about the Kickstarter. We're on the Kickstarter page, here we are. So let's talk about that. So they're actually, I mean, they've got 37 days ago because I think they launched this. And I, I didn't realize that. I guess now you can do two months on Kickstarter projects, which back in the day when we did ours, it was like 30 days. That's all you get. Hmm. Um so they had a three hundred thousand dollar goal, and right now they're at about six hundred twenty thousand with thirty seven days to go. Uh, some of the cool things that they just announced this week, I thought, were pretty cool. Is I guess they're uh, going to be having trophies that's going to be coming to Paprium. Oh, okay. Let me just say this: while we're on the page, we could kind of keep looking. Why don't you uh, click the video there? We could watch that. I finally got a chance Hello, to everybody. play Paprium over the week. Yeah, it's and. Dude, it is such a good game. It is like it is very, very good. the The combat feels so great. It feels so smooth. the The soundtrack is insane. It's so good, and the fact that they were able to get this on running on a sixteen bit 
original hardware says a lot. I, mm. it, it's it's crazy. I don't I don't know what type of uh, stuff they've done to be able to get this running. And apparently, there's still there people like the modding community and everything still trying to figure it out themselves too. Uh, I, I don't think the game has been uh, dumped yet, and I think people are they're trying to to do it to figure out like how how watermelon has has got this game to run because there's all sorts of theories that the game is basically just like a there's one theory that the game might be a system on a chip and so it's not actually even utilizing the genesis is like uh internals oh. or anything it's all run that way but wow. i don't think that's the case at all um i think it's been proven to be false but uh it's, it is impressive when you see it running and you're playing this game. The only I kept asking myself was like, how is this a 16 bit game? I don't know how they got it to do this. It is a very impressive game just in almost every aspect. Like I will say like the combat isn't like revolutionary or anything like that. It's just very, very good. They've, yeah. they've looked at, um, all the things that made, you know, like Streets of Rage great uh, throughout the years and and they've made it better. They've added more aspects to the combat system. So uh, you can block, you can um, do like a, a roll, a forward, like a, an up and down roll like you were able to do. I think was it Streets of Rage 2 or 3 they introduced that. I think it was 3 um, they did that, yeah. The roll. Um, you can run in that, which... I think they, uh, in one of them, I think they took that away. If you could either roll or run, I can't remember which it was. But uh, there's a lot of different things and there's combos and everything. So there's, the combat system is more, uh, I guess, technical than what you'd get in like a Streets of Rage 3 or something like that. Uh, but outside of that, visually, uh, the sound, it surpasses everything and doesn't even come close uh, to what is else is out there uh, on 16-bit systems? It's it's just crazy. Uh, and they basically so, managed to finally use the uh, blast processing that the Genesis was always talking about. They they <laughs> must have it. finally done it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I I get it that there is uh there's a lot of you know there's a lot of uh, controversy I guess surrounding watermelon uh, over the years. And, you know, it's I, I don't I honestly I don't know the full story uh, behind everything. And I've, I've kept up with it pretty, pretty, uh, you know, I think pretty well. But I'm just I, I'm looking forward to, to learning more and, and seeing what they do here, because uh, I, I think once more people play this game, I think they're finally going to give uh, Watermelon and Fonzie the credit, you know, um, because there's, you know, you can, you can say what you will about, you know, these, him uh, personally and how he's, he's ran the watermelon as a business and, and the campaign and all of those things. I get it. Um, but when you play the game, I mean, that game's there. It's real, man. That game is very, very good. Uh, and I think uh, when people, eventually play it and this game comes out on like the you know the xbox one switch and the ps4 and they can play it on modern consoles and there's more people to play it uh i think they're gonna finally be like holy crap this game and it, it, it'll get the credit it deserves then um and so yeah cool. but outside of that the, the kickstarter they've been doing a lot of a lot of crazy stuff uh they just announced like i said they announced uh that trophies are going to be coming uh, for those people who missed out on the fight stick with the with Paprium when they were selling it on um, their website, Magical Dream Factory, uh, they they announced that they're bringing the the the, the fight stick back, uh, and so that's a new add-on as well uh, on on the Kickstarter. So the way they have it set up is basically you can uh, you can pledge for a digital game. I think it's like twenty bucks or something like that, and then you add on stretch goals or add-ons, I should say. Yeah. You go in and, and, and pick what add-ons you want, and then at the end, uh, you'll get, you know, like your total and stuff. So <clears throat> you can even still get, I think, uh, 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 Pierre Solar games on there, can't you, Graham? So, yeah, they've got a few copies left of Pierre Solar, uh, the 10 years edition for the Genesis or Mega Drive, basically. 
Um, I think at one point they did have Dreamcast versions, but they're not on the list anymore. Uh, but yeah, because uh, I actually forgot to back it last time we spoke about this, and I backed it this week. And I've, yeah, I've gone for the digital game plus, um, I think, a physical version of Paprium on the Dreamcast and um, the physical uh, PSLR Mega Drive game. Because, uh, yeah. Oh, I, you madman. I, I want, I've been wanting to play that game since it first came out. I, and when it first came out, I didn't really have any money at all, so to speak, and couldn't afford it. And then I thought, oh, maybe I'll, they'll, maybe I'll do another release in a few years' time or whatever. Never did. And yeah, now it's really expensive. I'm like, God damn it. Uh, so I do have a funny story I got to tell you really quick about. <laughs> uh, so I was trying to figure out how to play it yesterday. Because if you don't realize, like, you have to have this. It has to be played on, like, original hardware. And, and so I was... The only thing I had hooked up to my TV out in the Megavision's offices were I had uh, my Retro Freak, I have the Poly Mega set up, um, my Mega SG, and then some of uh, newer consoles. And I put it in, I, I tried to play it on the Mega SG first, it wouldn't play. I tried to play it on the Retro Freak, wouldn't play. So then I was like, crap, I'm going to have to get out um, one of my original hardware. So I'm like, oh. Okay, so I, I found a Model 2 Genesis, and I had the uh, the Pound HDMI to Genesis cables. I was like, okay, sweet. That'll make it easier. I plug that in. I put Paprium in, and if you put the game in non-compatible systems, it will, it, you'll, it'll come up with this, like this mini game. That's basically like a uh, vaporware mini game where it okay. has like chibi versions of the characters running around a beach. And so it did that on the model two that I had. So for some reason on this particular model two, it's not compatible with that version. Crap. Now I'm going to have to pull out more. And the other systems that I have, like already have like the Sega CD attachment to the 32 X add on. I didn't want to get all that crap down. It's just too cumbersome. So then I'm like, okay, now I Google, I turn to Google at this point. Like, what am I supposed to do? So I'm like, okay, why can't like, why isn't the analog SG compatible with the paprim it doesn't make any sense so i i google it and i come find out the first thing that comes up is a megavisions article about the mega sg is now compatible with uh paprim or vice versa um and i wrote the damn article i wrote the article <laughs> about it and i completely forgot that it, it, it had come up and so what happened was i just <laughs> i had to update the firmware on my mega sg and so that wasn't the, actually that hard to do i just had to um pop in the new um the uh, update file on an SD card just popped it in, updated it on its own. But it was just funny that I forgot to do it, and I wrote the article telling me about how to do it. It was hilarious. <laughs> so once I did that and applied it, it worked perfectly on the Mega SG, and I was wow. able to play it. Um, but you do need a six-button controller. Don't be okay. using those three-button messes. Um, you'll just you'll just be frustrated. Yeah. So basically, past Chris has got future Chris's back. That's what happened there. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. It's like, don't worry. You're going to need this someday. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, I've also, as I was scrolling through the Kickstarter, I've just realized there's a freaking Game Gear version that there's one of the add-ons. So they've got a Game yeah. Gear Mini Paprium, which I did not realize. Um, but it's, yeah, it's listed. Uh, Mini Paprium. Uh, we've got a collector's edition as well. I mean, they're quite expensive. But at the same time, I kind of want to get it. <laughs> I wonder if I could add to my... To my pledge get get like is a, it, and just to make sure that's a physical game gear i believe uh, game, it right? is from what i've yeah yeah custom yeah physical game cartridge yeah and it looks like it's got um does it show packaging i don't know if it showed oh yeah it's oh, little packaging really in the top left corner i don't know if that's actually what's going to look like but that'd be so cool oh you get a figurine with it as well oh that's cool oh i'll tell you what graham when you while you bring us into the next piece i'm gonna have to run to the restroom so you do that Okay. And I'll go pee and I'll be back. I'll be Fair right. enough. Okay, cool. Right. So for the next bit of news, I'm just going to double check and line myself up. So I've definitely got the right thing here. Um, yes. So quite exciting, really. Um, Sega has trademarked a new game. Well, it could be the same game that they they were talking about a long time ago, but it's a new uh, Sonic the Hedgehog game. Do, do, do. Sorry, just bringing it up. So here we go. Yes, Sega has trademarked, has their father trademark for Sonic Frontiers, which is awesome. So um, if you remember 
they actually showed a trailer for um, a Sonic uh, Sonic Colors Ultimate and stuff recently, and they and with that they showed a, ga- a trailer for Sonic um, Sonic Rangers, which I think now people are sort of speculating: is this actually the original, the proper title for this game, Sonic Frontiers? Um, but yeah, um, it's been trademarked in both English and Japanese, so by all accounts, this most likely will be a full a proper you know, main title in the Sonic franchise. Um, but yeah, um, and normally, as previously with previous Sonic the Hedgehog releases, they normally trademark the game name of the game and then they made an official announcement quite soon after. So keeping our ears and eyes open and fingers crossed that we're going to hear something a bit more about this soon. Um, so yeah, that's really cool. So Chris, what do you know about this, this news? I think I know about it as much as you do on this. <laughs> uh, I don't think I could add any other more to it, but I will say uh, that I, I want to talk about like the, the 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 name. What do you make of the name, and, and where? Like, let's try to unpack that a bit. Like, what do you think that could mean as a potential Sonic game, and and where they could take that? So, yeah, I think Sonic Front. The idea of frontiers to me, um, I guess invokes the idea of exploration and adventure if that makes sense so you know like on the old american frontier used to go out and like explore the world and you know um start a new town or something hopefully that's not gonna be a town building game in sonic that would be a bit shit but yeah I, i'm imagining something big and open like um a whole new frontier for sonic games basically um if that's not too corny to say but yeah, I, that's kind of what I'm envisioning. And that's kind of what you kind of got from the impression of the trailer. Um, actually, let's, let's get the trailer going in the background there. So for this is what this is what was shown at Sonic Central presentation back in May. Um, so it kind of invokes an idea of a bit more freedom than you might have seen in some other Sonic games, um, which would be awesome. At that um, time, Azuka said that, uh, that they... It was a premature... I think he wished that they wouldn't have shown this yeah. at, at the time. Um but they said that's going to be it's going to be an advancement of the series. So whatever that might mean, what I think it could be is like, what if this could be their first foray into trying to make a true like open world or sandbox style Sonic game? Yes. So yeah, that I think that's what kind of what I'm envisioning in my head, um, like a big open, almost like a sandbox open world Sonic game. Um, which, I mean, I'd be up for that. I feel like it's not really be, well. Sega's not really done it. Um, I, you could argue that I guess the uh, Sonic Adventure and like Sonic 06 and stuff were kind of open world games because you did have the hub worlds and stuff but like if it's like a full on open open world where you don't really have hubs you're just like going around a big big level big map which maybe changes into desert and stuff as you go through it I think that'd be pretty cool um, I know there's been some fan games out there that have sort of tried to do that sort of thing really um, but I guess you know, they don't really have a budget or anything. They're, they're just people in their room making games in Unity or whatever. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, there was oh, there was a really good game, Sonic Utopia, which they only made one demo level of, which was shown at one of the um, Sage Expos online. Quite a, it's a few years ago now, like five, maybe even seven years ago or something, which uh, so yeah, Sonic Utopia was a remake of Green Hill Zone. And it kind of looked like the sort of style that it was in the original Sonic the Hedgehog game, but it was, it was open. And it was really awesome. You could explore the world. You could like, there was like, you, you could, if you wanted to just run through the level and like, you know, go through the loops and stuff. But if you explored the world, it was really cool. It was, it was only one level, but if Sega could make a game a bit like that, I'd be so up for it. Cause it was freaking awesome. Um, but yeah, what, what are you thinking then? Yeah. So you mentioning an open world game here, Chris? Yeah, I think it would be interesting where you have much more of uh, a, a, a truer open world than you had in Sonic 06, you know, like this would be something that is more, again, I, you know, I dare say breath of the wild, but I did not, I guess in that sense of where you could kind of go and do everything. I don't know then if once you get Sonic into a level, he then goes into something more traditional. I don't know how, how you would deal with that aspect of it, but I could see them wanting to expand Sonic into a, a bigger kind of universe and everything. Um, yeah. And I mean, Sonic team's always really trying to have done that with in the modern Sonic is trying to, you know, expand it into being this bigger series 
and, and grander gameplay. Um, and I think a lot of times that's what's gotten them into trouble. <laughs> is, yeah. uh, they'll, they'll, they'll take a look at like whatever is like kind of hot or whatever Nintendo has done and, and they'll try to do that. So that kind of scares me a bit because I mean, we saw what happened with like Sonic Lost World where they went with kind of like a Mario Galaxy style of gameplay. Which I, I actually like that game. Yeah, I, I actually it's one of my more of my preferred three D Sonic games. I, I yeah, I, I do like that. I think game. it's really good. Um, uh, but it's just it's it's I mean, it's a fine for it being a kind of a Sonic spinoff type game, kind of like a um, a, a Mario. Uh, I mean, kind of how Mario Galaxy, I guess, was, but uh, just something that's more core to to what Sonic is. I would like to see them to hit on. Maybe this could be that. Maybe this could be finally like finding what sonic in a modern era should be hopefully yeah i mean that, i guess when we say that with every single freaking new god here we are again um yeah. Man. but yeah i'm not getting my hopes up for this honestly i mean i will I'll, I'll see when they come out with it if they if they come out with something that blows me away that would be fantastic but um i i have really haven't had a ton of fun with any of the past few Sonic games. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, Sonic I, Mania, obviously, but I'm talking about yeah, modern. Yeah, 3D ones, yeah. So yeah. I, in Peaks and Troughs, I do find some enjoyment in some of the Sonic games. Like, even Sonic Forces, I had some enjoyment with. But it was actually less of the Sonic levels. It was actually some of the other levels I preferred. Um, yeah. I hated the storyline and some other bits they did with it. The one thing I do wish, I, I really hope for in this, is they don't have endless grinding in levels. And I wish the levels were more... Um, Less linear, more open. So I, even if the levels, like say if there's an open world map where you travel around to get to the levels, that's not a big, that, that, that'll be pretty cool, I think. Um, but if the levels themselves are really linear, I think that's just going to frustrate me again because uh, that's what most 3D Sonic games seem to be, very linear levels where if you go back to like the old school actual 2D games, Yes, there was like a start point and an end of the level, but you could actually explore the levels. You could go up, you could go down, you could go back and stuff. Um, you could find different routes through the levels, and that's what I loved about the original Sonic game. So if there was a way they could merge that in and try and like make it so that there were multiple paths to each level and stuff that you could explore a bit more, I think that would be really awesome. Um, mm. And maybe, yeah, I don't know. The As we say, the, the, the just the name alone sort of invokes the idea of exploration, so... Fingers crossed. That's the sort of route that Sega's going down with this. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's all speculation right now. Um, and yeah, yeah, I think I think what would be fun, like you said, Graham, uh, just uh, if, if they did an open world, and then once you engage in some sort of like level or quest or something like that, then it maybe takes you into a the gameplay, you know, thing. And yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Watch, watch this space. I guess is is all we can really say right now. So the next bit of news is that uh, Living Red Games is coming out with a physical version of Valus uh, mm. called Valus the Phantasm Soldier Collection. And we talked about this a little bit before, Graham, but you said you had never, you've never played Valus before, right? That's correct. I, I, I know of it, um, but I've never, never played it. Let's watch, I, this, let's watch this trailer real quick. Okay, let's watch the trailer because... Um, the trailer actually started. I I feel like we should have the audio on for this because the trailer started playing when I was setting up this show, and the music sounded freaking amazing for like to the two seconds that I heard it. Well, the last time we do that, we always get a copyright strike every time we have the audio on. We get copyright strikes. Anyway. Screw it. Let's just. Um, yeah. Okay, let's do it. Well, so, like I said, Limited Runs publishing this game. They're gonna begin taking pre-orders uh, in January, uh, and. So we got a couple months, but the way it was weird, the developer announced this as a press release, uh, you know, like yesterday, and it just kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't know, usually like Limited Run puts this stuff out on their own. So it's kind of weird that uh, the way it was announced, and so I don't know if there's some sort of miscommunication, but I think that they did quickly put out some information after that and confirmed that they were going to be doing it. So. Hmm. So have you played any of these games before in the past? Uh, yeah, because Valus also came out on the Mega Drive uh, and the Genesis. So 
Uh, although I, I believe these games are ports of the PC Engine ones, they have been released elsewhere over the years. So I had, I can't remember if I had the original one or Valis 3. I can't look. Uh, but no, it's, it's a, I, I mean, it was an okay game. It didn't seem like they're fine games. They're nothing to go crazy over from a gameplay standpoint. But I know that I think they're, they're, fairly collectible okay um, and they probably go for a pretty penny so it's cool to see i love games like this being re-released and, and ported to new systems so we could play them uh but it looks like they're going to come out in japan on december 9th okay so the one thing i gather from this trailer though is that it's literally the original games they haven't remastered them in any way is that correct uh, I don't know. Let me see. I'm looking through here. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't say in this article. Let's see if they've done any sort of... It says the direct ports of the PC Engine releases of the original titles. So I guess... Um, oh, they've added save progress and stuff um, and rewind. But yeah, it sounds like they haven't really done anything else to it. Yeah, I mean, this is pretty like par for the course for a lot of these, like... Uh, re-releases and stuff because like uh, case in point the Gynog one is basically the same thing it doesn't really like it's not a remaster so they're not like going in and, and redoing the, the visuals or anything but what they do do typically is uh, add quality of life features like the rewind like saving um, this one has sound and visual gallery modes and things like that so it seems like it's pretty much the same for, for feature wise for what you get for a lot of this stuff uh, it's not like M2, you know, where M2 goes in and, and we'll just be like, we're going to make this like 100% accurate for all these different systems and you can play all these different varieties and crap like that. M2 is in a league of its own. Uh, yeah. But for this stuff, I, I think it's fine. I think it's fine. I mean, so for the uh, if you if you translate the yen into uh, pounds and dollars, um, it's about $46.00. And about uh, thirty-five pounds. I mean, do you think that's worth it for this sort of this collection without much done to it? Well, what you're going to have to wait and see is like this is going to limited run games is going to be publishing this, right? So it's right. not just going to be about the game. It's going to be about okay. the collection. It's going to be about what you get with it. If this is these are collectors' items, and so yeah, if you want to just buy it digitally, you'll probably be able to buy it for. 20 bucks or 30 bucks uh well you know digitally but if you want the collector's version from limited run where you know they're this is why they're, they're coming out with it you're, you're going to want to probably get uh, well, the, you know, this the, this the price i said is actually for the digital version on switch uh that's this is the nintendo store price or well, reservation price so uh yeah i i I'll, well, what is the what is the the conversion price you said um so it's about Sorry, I've just lost it. Uh, about thirty-five pounds, or in American dollars, it's about forty-six American dollars for the digital so version. It's like forty dollars. Um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't do anything for me because I'm not a fan of Alice. But if I was a fan, like it, if they released a, a series that I'm a fan of, and and I would probably be interested. But like I said, like I'm not a huge Valis fan, so I'm not going to buy this even if it's twenty dollars. <laughs> so. <laughs> It doesn't matter to me. That's what I'm Fair like. I'm not, okay. Um, but what I'm saying is, like, when limited run, like, regardless, like, my point is, like, the digital version is fine. If they want to price it at 20 or 40, I don't care. But what is making getting people excited about this is not the digital version, it's right. the physical version that limited run is going to be coming out with. So that's what I'm more interested in seeing um, when they announce it. And I, I, hopefully it's more than just the typical, you know, like, oh, it's a CD soundtrack. We've got, you know, like stickers and, a, you know, I, I'd like to see something a little, uh, a little more creative, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. I so. It sounds like you. So, but um, either way, like this, it's cool to see, keep seeing this stuff, man. I, there's, there, these are the games that come, that we want and this is the stuff that I've been saying for a long time. If like if more publishers release these older games, then it gives people a reason not to have to pirate them all the time. And I think people would love to play their favorite, you know, th these old older 
series on newer consoles. And it's going to take these smaller publishers that, you know, work through the licensing and all that stuff and, and find ways to make it happen. Because I don't think, um, you know, the bigger companies really care for that at this point. They, they don't, um, I guess it's just not making enough money. There's not enough money there for, for them mm-hmm. to make it worth their time because there's, there's tons of old Capcom and, you know, other, other arcade games and other great, uh, games that were released in the 816 bit era that just will never see the light of day. Uh, and, you know, some of these games are seeing the light of day now, and that's exciting, and I hope it continues. So, with that, Chris, I guess that wraps up the news and basically the show. Um, do you have any parting thoughts for the, uh, the lovely folk at home there? Uh, I, th- I want to just reiterate again, uh, issue one is out and available now to go buy. So go to Ooh. our website at megavisions.net slash shop, uh, where you can go and not only buy issue one, you can buy the, uh, oh, we don't have the poster of issue one yet. We got to get oh. that loaded. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to hold up that issue? Buy- hold it up. Hold it up. I'm not you big on the screen now, even though you're a bit blurry because of your internet. But yeah, it looks, it looks know, sexy. Internet, so- Look at that beautiful artwork there. This artwork is much higher quality than my internet is today. Trust me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but outside of that, if if you've uh, already bought issue one uh, but haven't joined the Patreon yet, please go and check it out uh, and and consider uh, joining that. Uh, it makes it a lot easier to get uh, future issues of Megavisions. You don't even have to worry. It's essentially the way uh, we um, handle our subscriptions. So go to patreon.com slash megavisions and you can join our Patreon now. And remember, you don't even have to worry about paying anything up front. You only pay when the issue is ready to go. And outside of that, um, I think that's it. I I do want to give a shout out again to the awesome news team that we have over at the Megavisions website. They've been cranking out a ton of great content this week. And and there was one, one of our newer writers wrote this interesting feature about why Sega needs to remake Fantasy Star next. Not Fantasy Star Online, but a mainline Fantasy Star game, which, you know, that topic is near and dear to my heart. Uh, I've, I've been wanting them to do that for a long time. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's so just go check that out if you're a Fantasy Star fan and, and want to, you know, want to read something from a, a, a like-minded uh, fan who is just out there hoping that Sega will finally release a new mainline Fantasy Star game. Cool. Awesome. Um I don't really have anything else to add other than um, to the audience. Thanks for watching. Um, don't forget to like, subscribe, and you know you can find us on all the social media platforms. Uh, we're Megavisions. You can find us at Megavisions or at Megavisions Mag. Depends on the, whichever one you're going to. But um, yeah, with that, um, yeah. Oh, actually, you know, one thing I will say, if you do want to help support um, a worthy cause and my facial hair growth, please go check out my uh, Movember page. Um, yeah. Uh, or anyone else's November page. Give them money. I don't care. Just as long as, as long as you're doing something good. Um, but yeah, other than that, have a fantastic week, everybody. Have a fantastic weekend and uh, be excellent to each other. Honey, I got to tell you about this sandwich.